Hey, everybody, we have another special guest for you, and I'm going to read his bio. Dr. Williams is a blogger, consultant, inspirational speaker, and authentic leadership advocate with a background in university career services. He has experiences providing comprehensive career services for students, alumni, and coordinated university-wide employer relations at UCF, FSU, and IRSC. He has presented at national, regional, and state conferences on career services, employer relations, best practices, and authentic leadership. Dr. Williams also has expertise in staff development, event planning, policy development, and facilitation. His research interests are leadership and development, training and employee engagement. He has a PhD in industrial organizational psychology, master's of arts in counseling, human relations, and a bachelor's of science in psychology. Outside interests are college football, reading, blogging, running, and traveling. Please stay tuned as we dive in with Dr. Williams. I'm April Lovett. And I'm Daryl Lovett. And this is Success in Black and White. The podcast. Where our mission is to bridge the gap between, between racial, racial boundaries. boundaries. We can't wait to share our stories, tips, and experiences. As well as hear from extraordinary guests. So stay tuned. As we jump into this episode. everybody welcome back to another episode of success in black and white the podcast we are back one more again we are back one more again we are and we have a guest with us tonight we are not alone yep we always say it when we have guests we love just (laughs) talking to other people and and not sitting here and talking i mean there's nothing wrong with talking to you but we we like to have other people engage in conversations with us and share their expertise and share their experiences with you all as well. So uh, we have a very special guest with us. Um, one of my mentors, I don't have many, but this is one of my mentors, someone that I can go to um, when I have something that, you know, I need some feedback on, or if I just need some inspiration or encouragement, um, he always has the right thing for me at the right time. Um, so Dr. Williams is with us. And as we go through, I'll probably call him by the name that I refer to him as is Calvin, but to introduce him to everyone here, um, Dr. Williams. So we'll let April start off with the first question that we have for you, and then we'll just kind of dive right in. Sounds good to me. I appreciate it. Thank y'all for letting me come on. We're excited to have you. And, you know, we both know you from Florida State because you were at Florida State University working um, with us and while we were here and people already heard that in your bio. But you did some really cool things while you were here and you have been doing amazing things also since you left Florida State University. And so I want the audience to learn from you what has been kind of your life journey and career progression and why do you do what you do like what why are you passionate about it um thank you again um i I guess my life journey and i kind of start with a little history not everybody knows this and i like i'm kind of proud of it because when i work with students it it gives me an extra an extra edge with them i'm probably the only person that you know with a phd that flunked out of community college 
Uh, I like to let that sit there because a lot of times students, they'll see me, I, I wear my suit, I have my tie, and it's like, hey, man, you don't understand anything about me. And I have to check them. It's like, well, I flunked out of community college. Did you do that? Okay. Uh, we want to talk about single parent. Got that covered. We want to talk about dad was in jail. Got that too. <laughs> so my journey is, it's kind of fueled by I'm afraid to fail. So a lot of things that I do is because I, I, I know what failure could be, but I decided I didn't want that. Um, also, one of the things that kind of drives me to this day, and it's, it's amazing as I, as I get older, I still don't forget this. As a 17-year-old in high school in Jasper, Florida, I had a guidance counselor uh, when I went to get advice. I'm pretty smart. I did really well. And the only thing she gave me to do was, hey, why don't you go join the military? And it kind of upset me because friends that I had that didn't have the grades, she told them how to go and be things in the world. But all I got was join the military. Fast forward, I did join the Air Force. Um, I saw every country I wanted to see for free. The government paid for it. Um, I've got three degrees that the Air Force paid for. I've never had a student loan. So when students come and talk to me about financial aid and student loans, I don't know how to help them because the military uh, helped me get three degrees um, the titles and some of the things that I do. Um, to answer your question, why do I do what I do? Again, I'm afraid to fail. Um, I, I, my guidance counselor didn't do anything really for me. And at this age, I still remember that. So I always said, if I get in a position where I can help people, I'm going to do above and beyond. And it, it seems to work and people come back to me. Um, but my purpose is to help folks. And you may ask me later, I may jump ahead, but um, I had a, a friend who mentors me and she asked me, she was on presentation and she wanted to highlight me and she's like, Kevin, what's your why? And I didn't know what that meant. So she explained it to me, the things that why you get up and do what you do. Uh, so my why, and I tell folks when I do presentations is to leave everyone I talk to better than when I met them. That's the simple thing. So even if you don't want me to mentor you, I mentor you. That's part of my journey and kind of why I do what I do and, I'll keep doing it until it's not fun. Yeah, that's awesome. That and he means that too. I'll tell y'all because I reached out to him and I'm very like, and April knows this about me, like reaching out to people and like saying, hey, do you mind like mentoring me or being a mentor or kind of giving advice? Like, I'm not good at that. Um, that's not something that I learned growing up. What I learned growing up is like you go out there and you figure it out and you work hard and you fight and you get it. So for me, it's tough for me to go to someone and, and confidently say, hey, like, I, I don't know it all. I don't have it all. I need a different perspective. Can you mentor me and, and help me with some of the things that I'm trying to work through? And I did that. And what's so funny is when we sat down at the coffee shop and, and what I was expecting from the conversation was more of like reassurance. And as we were talking through, you were like, uh, I don't know about that. And I was just like, <laughs> I was like, what? Like, I invested a lot into, you know, what we had going on. And, and one of the things where, where, like you just said, leave it better than it was, when, you know, when you first meet the person. And that was one of the things that I appreciate because, um, like, for me, like, when I'm asking, it's more so for reassurance. And you don't do that. You're like, uh. Let, let me tell you what I think about this. And here's some recommendations on how it could be better. And, and I was just like, wait a minute, time out. <laughs> I was just nodding, like, yeah, like yeah, go for it. 
And that, that's one of the things is like, if that's what you're looking for, I, that's, that's not me. And, you know, uh, one of my favorite sayings by Colin Powell, if you and I agree on everything, one of us is redundant. So if you ask me a question, I probably should give you something that I actually believe. But yeah, I remember that conversation because you looked at me like, yeah, <laughs> you, you asked me for my advice and this is what I have for you. But I think it worked out pretty well for you, didn't it? It did. Yes. yes <laughs> and it for did. me. And so, <laughs> I want to know, I think it's so we have a wide variety of people who listen to this podcast. And it just struck me that you said you've had all of the experiences. So community college, and you say you failed out of community college, Mm -hmm. you've had Air Force, you've been military, you have been professional life, you're also like, entrepreneur, consultant, like you've just experienced it all. But I really want to dig in a little bit, if you don't mind talking about it, into the community college aspect, because I think that people get very afraid that they're going to fail and not come back from a failure. So do you mind telling us a little bit about how you came back from that? Um, I, I, I would say it's probably one of the best things that happened because, you know, everybody, you come out, I'm the smartest in the world and uh, but I, I will say um, gap year was not a thing back in the, on those days. And I was like, hey, I want to I want to take off. And I was like, no, you're going to school. So I went begrudgingly. And I think I didn't ask because I didn't want to be there. Um, so I, I think the, the concept of moving forward after that failure was I just had to find myself mm-hmm. um, at, at that point. I, I knew I didn't want to be there. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And. Um, I, the, the funniest story is I didn't even think I wanted to join the military. I talked to the guidance counselor, but, um, since we're family and we're talking and I grew up in a little town, Jasper, Florida, and y'all may not have heard, but we used to have IGA, it was a grocery store mm-hmm. and I, I bagged groceries. I stocked groceries there and I was failing out of community college. And I, I kid you not, uh, my manager came to me and said, Hey man, you're doing a great job here. If you keep this up next two, three years, you'll be assistant manager. And I snapped. I was like, there's no way I'm going to be assistant manager in Jasper, Florida in three years. And he's like, well, what are you going to do? I said, I got I quit. I joined the Air Force. I had never talked to a recruiter yet. I, I ran from him. So I had to chase down the Air Force recruiter so he could recruit me. And I wanted to leave that next week. And he couldn't get me out till February. So my bounce back was it, I, I saw myself as a community college failure going to be an assistant manager at an IGA in Jasper, Florida. And I said, I got to be more to life than that. So that motivated me to kind of figure out what I wanted to do. And from there, I would, I would say Air Force is not for everyone, but for me, it gave me discipline. It gave me structure, put money in my pocket. I got the travel. I got away from my hometown. And I've been on this journey. You know, I go back and visit my mom at least once a month, but I've, I've never gone back. And I think if you you look at it, that's my biggest thing is like, if I had to go back, something wrong happened. So the longer I stay out here in the world, the more I know things are going right. So that's kind of how I judge it. But the community college failure kind of led me because I got more hours at the grocery store. So he started like, maybe he wants to stick around. It's like, no, I had to fail community college. So I knew to get out of town and I've been gone ever since. 
Wow. That's powerful. That is. I know. (laughs) So let's do this. We're going to transition a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's all great information, but I have a question. I want to know when you are working with students and you're also consulting and, and giving uh, speeches and talking to different people, um, your area expertise, um, authentic leadership and, and you know, um, human resource and things like that. Um, for those people that are listening, what are some key tips um, that you would share for any of those people who are looking for um, any type of guidance in those areas? Um, I, I, if I can, I, I will go with uh, the speaking first because I, I still, I left FSU and I kind of started my own little consultancy and I still have it. Um, only thing that happened to me is COVID slowed a lot of those in-person things down. And when I wrote my 2021 goals, I have, um, I'm going to relaunch that either through Zoom or if we start coming back in person. But when I, when I, when I stand in front of a, a group, when I do a presentation, even for, for school, but when I do the consulting, my, my goal is, uh, it's, it's an old Eric B. and Rakim song from the 80s, Move the Crowd. <laughs> my job when I stand in front of people, especially if you're going to pay me, is to give you something that you can remember, give you something you're going to think about. Um, I don't do the work for you. I'll throw some things out. They kind of like when you and I were working, it's like, yeah, I'm not here just to say yes, but I am here to train you, move the crowd and give you some things to think about. So um, that comes through from an authentic presence, a a willingness to kind of dive into it. Um, I think I also have an intuitive side where I can feed off of that crowd. So I, I joke, I can read your thought bubble. So a lot of times when we sit down, I, I can see what you're thinking. You may not know it, but I can do that with the crowds. I know when they have a question. So that's the side of it. Now, with the authentic leadership, I, I think the biggest thing that folks want in a leader is someone who will listen. So if I understood your question, probably the biggest thing about being a leader is sometimes you just got to shut up and listen. And again, I said with the redundancy with Colin Powell is, I don't have to take everything that you bring to me in the work environment, but I have to listen to everything you say. It, it's the simplest thing. And what I did in my, in my research, that's called relationship, excuse me, that's called balanced processing. Um, the, the thing that gives people job satisfaction, my research shows is a supervisor, a leader who's willing to listen. It's not a leader who's gonna take everything you say and do it. And I think from a direct report standpoint, some people misinterpret that because if I say no, it's not personal. It's we're not going to do that. And but you have to explain that a little bit more, not just for millennials, but for anyone today. You know, no doesn't necessarily mean no, it's no, and this is why we can't do it. It could be budget, it could be the president of the school told me I'm not gonna do it. So why would I? I'm not going on that limb. So I think with that, listening, understanding what people want, um, because everybody has been that direct reporter who had a supervisor. Mm. Um, Some people forget where they came from and they kind of do things to people because it happened to them. Um, I don't see that. If it wasn't right when I was one seat down, it's not right because I'm in that seat. Mm. But as a leader, you still have to have the concept. You maybe have to explain it. And I think a lot of times people don't want to have to explain. And when somebody asks why, 
it's not personal. Maybe they just want to know what's going on. Maybe you need to train them. Um, so when I hear people say these millennials, no, it's us. Why <laughs> means you need to explain it better. Um, and it's not a personal attack. Um, if you can't explain it, you probably shouldn't lead people uh, anywhere. <laughs> I, I was like, can I clap? Or, or, I don't... <laughs> that was all good. That, like, breach. Because yes. I think that millennials get a bad rap for they want details. And I think that you, I just want to like applaud. I, I don't know if I can stand up and clap. Or... Yeah. <laughs> well, you can, but <laughs> and I, and I know you asked me, like, but can I, can I jump in for the details? Um, there's a reason why they want the details. And, and when I explain it to folks my age or like, it's, it's our issue. And I, I won't put you on the spot, but your kids today, you probably say, hey, what do you want to eat today? What movie do you want to watch? Where do you want to go? That's perfectly fine. But then when you put your, your kids into the work environment, they've been used to being part of adult decisions. So now I'm the leader and I just tell you what to do. That's not how they were raised. Oh. So you have to understand that it's not a problem, but your kids are raised differently than you were. In, in some instances, you mm -hmm. I I was told eat what we put on the table. That's not what happens now. I I didn't go to the grocery store with my mom. But imagine you got millennials who've been doing this for the last 18 years. They go to school, they have input, and they go into the workplace and I say sit there and color. They're going to have issues. So that's us. But I have to educate folks my age and at my level that it's not mm. their fault. This is how they were raised. And when they say why, it's because they were told why their entire lives. Mm. Why stop now? Yeah. I mean, we are very intentional with our kids even of like yeah. explaining of the reasoning mm -hmm. behind. We don't just say like, no, just because I said so. It's mm -hmm. like, no, that could be dangerous or no, this is right. a healthy thing because because we want to educate them. Right. Yeah. So that's interesting. Yeah, that is. It, it, it makes perfect sense. But mm -hmm. a lot of times people in the workforce are like, hey, these kids. No, it's just regular life now. But again, I think the, the why a lot of folks get, they take it personal mm -hmm. and it's work is not personal. But someone asking you why or can you explain this? That's not wrong with that. Yeah. Now, after you tell them why you explain it and they still don't want to do it, then that's another issue. But <laughs> that's something totally different. Yeah. I think that ties in perfectly with the example that you gave about, um, you know, when you're sitting in that seat and you change seats and you move up, because I know when you're in that seat, like you may not say it out loud or you may not have the courage, depending on, um, you know, your generation, but I'm sure you think of you're like, well, why do they have me doing this? Like, why? What? Why did they say no? I know, I, you know, and, and they mm -hmm. think it, but this generation, like you said, they are used to giving feedback and giving input that they say what, you know, my generation used to think they're saying it out loud now. Mm -hmm. So um, I think that that is a good point that you said for, you know, people that sat in that seat who used to maybe not say it out loud to now be in those director roles. And and now that they're, you know, in a different position, they're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Just do what I say. Don't don't talk back. 
you know um so yeah that's 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 awesome i know that was so good yeah i i do i want to transition a little bit because i want to know i mean you talk to like you were saying you talk to leaders you talk to organizations you talk to large businesses you talk to students one-on-one um and so you're always giving like career advice and and growth and leadership advice so for you, what are your secrets? How do you develop personally on your own? Like, what are things that our audience should know about? If you are like the expert, how do you take care of you? Ooh, that's a good question. That's a great uh, question. That is, this is excellent. And, and I, I had to think about it because, you know, I hate to say modest, but sometimes you just do stuff and you, you don't even it's like a superpower. You don't even know you're doing it, but um, <clears throat> I, I've got a, a I've got a, a really good young man that, that works for me, and we, we have these discussions. And I'm kind of well, I mentor everybody, but we're kind of going back and forth. He's always saying, "Hey, doc, you gotta make sure you take care of yourself." And he checks on me. So um, a lot of things. What I do is um, I'm naturally an introvert. Um, sometimes when people meet me, they have no, they don't understand that because I get paid to talk. And it's a different animal. If I'm not getting paid to talk, and again, I'm not saying you guys are paying me, but I'm, I'm doing this. Um, I'm quiet. So I'm introspective. So one of the things I do, and I've been doing it, I don't even know how many years, I journal. So I, I journal at least once a week, and I physically sit down with my pen and paper, and I write. And it calms me down. It slows me down. Um, it also gives me uh, an opportunity because, you know, at work, yeah, I, I have a calm demeanor now. I had always been like this, but things bother me. But instead of me using some some words I would have to apologize and take back, I can write whatever I want on paper and it feels just as good. You know, you mm, and I'm like, oh, I'm good. It, it, you're better. So I, I journal. Um, I, I dabble in poetry, so I actually sit on my laptop and I write and I'll throw some verses together. I don't write as much um, poetry as I used to, but I still do. I have this goal one day to drop my own poetry book, um, so that could be coming. Um, I journal, excuse me, I, I do my blog. Uh, I got to plug myself. I do the Walk Into the Future mm -hmm. uh, blog. Um, I, tr I still travel not as much as I did pre-COVID. I'll do weekend trips. I'll do beach trips. Uh, most of the stuff in my blog is, is something that happened to me in my life. Um, I'll go ahead and let y'all know I will write about what I'm doing right now at some point. Uh, I started the draft of it and I got my quotes ready. So after I finish probably the weekend, I'll write that um, and put it out. Um, I, I sit on the beach when I can. And I, I was talking before we got on, I call myself a running tourist. I, I, I race, um, Daryl, we, we met, um, I start. I, I got into running late um, and I actually am a runner now. Um, I, I compete with folks. I, I got times in my head. I got mileage. So I, I blog, I write poetry, I do my journal, I run, it's my therapy. Um, and then I, I just, I just, I help folks other times, but when I'm not at work, I, I really know how to relax. I love to read. Um, my goal for 2021 is to do two books a month. I'm halfway through my second book. And again, my guy from work gave me another book. So I already got my two picked out for uh, February. So uh, we'll see how well I do on that. That's awesome. You gave yourself a plug, but I'm going to follow up and do it again. <laughs> <laughs> the blog, 
I'm telling you, if you are listening to the sound of my voice right now, we're going to put the information in the mm-hmm. show notes. Go and follow the blog. It's, it's like you said, when I'm reading through those, and yes, I read them when I get them every week in my email, I read them. And, and that's kind of how I keep up with what you have going on too, because you tie in like personal life. But one of the things that I appreciate is that there's always um, an experience, a learning experience and what you're encountering in your, your daily personal lives. And you just have to look for that um, silver lining, I guess, if, if that's what you want to call it. Um, another thing that I appreciate that you do in the blog, another plug is that while you have a vast knowledge um, and a lot of experience and, and expertise, like you don't mind like sharing resources. And I appreciate that, too, because as I'm going through and I'm reading a lot of times, um, I'm reading about you and, and some of your experiences and some of the, the lessons learned. But then you also share resources of other people that you follow and mm-hmm. um and you do it on LinkedIn as well. Like, that's where I go. I'm like, all right, let me see <laughs> what messages we posted. And, and I'm able to, you know, kind of get different perspectives. Um, so I do appreciate that. So please go follow the blog um, and, and we'll add all the information in the show notes. And I love that. Like, you and I probably could not be more different from like <laughs> yes. identities to upbringing. But I found, I was reading the blog and I found places that I could connect with you. And I love that as a reader because I'm like, oh, this man uses running tourism. I do that. Like I've always (laughs) done that. If I get to a new city, not right now, because we're not really traveling, but if I get to a new city and we're there for a conference or we're there just to vacation, I go run mainly because I'm directionally challenged. So it helps me, (laughs) but also that's my way of like getting to see the city. So I love that you said that. I'm like, oh, I, I know exactly what he's talking about. Like, I have this connection with you. Yeah. And it, it is like the coolest thing once you realize, because they're going to block the city off and you can take as much time as you want to kind of look around. And it, it's, a, it's the most amazing thing. And, and I appreciate y'all reading and following. Um, now, it used to, I used to be conscious of like, I wonder if anybody's reading. And I'm just going to tell you, I just said the heck with it. I'm writing this for me. And if y'all read it, you read it. If not, so be it. But my, my, my coolest, I say y'all aren't cool. My coolest reader is my 80 year old 10th grade typing teacher. She texts me to this day. I read what you put. She <laughs> follows my blog. And I'm just like, she texts me. So it's like the coolest thing ever. She taught me how to type, which is how I do it. So I can, I, I type fairly well for, I guess for anybody, but my thoughts go, I think, faster than I can write. So typing helps me. But she taught me how to type and she follows the blog. It's like the coolest thing. Wow. That's so cool. And I'll tell you this, people follow and people read. We've learned this. Yeah. Like they do. And, and they don't react the people to behind it. the screen who, who are doing the typing or even us in the podcast. Um, like, obviously, we get an opportunity to go back and kind of see the download. So we we get to gauge it a little bit. Right. I'll tell you, people are reading, people are following. Um, it's We have hard times where we're like, is anybody listening to us? Like, is this making a difference for anybody? But then we do get feedback and it's probably the same with you. Where, like what you said, we're like, if we just do this for us, because we love it and it makes a difference for us. Hopefully it's making a difference for at least one other person. Mm-hmm. And that's our goal is like, if we can reach one person, 
that's what we want. And so we get confirmation like there's probably more people reading or listening or doing whatever than you might think there mm-hmm. is. Well, and, and I'm smiling like a little bit because I, I know they are, but I, I think if I sat down, when, when as Daryl said, if I sat down and tried to create a piece, like how many people, I, I don't write to get people, I, I write to put my voice down. And what I find is people, because they're like, it sounds just like you're talking. I'm like, that's how I write. You know, it, that's exactly how I write. <laughs> And exactly. that's the goal. Yep. Like I said, when I'm reading it, like I, it, it's like that's how I keep up. It's like I'm following. It's like you just kind of like, oh, guess what? Like I went over here and did this and ran here. And while I was there, I visited here and I had a chance to talk to this person. I'm just like, oh, OK. And then it's like and this is what I realized. And then you drop that little nugget in there. And I'm like, OK, cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, read, read tomorrow. Okay. Okay. Definitely. <laughs> but, on the blog, there was an article that you wrote that I thought was very pertinent to what we're all going through right now. And that is leading from a distance. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the hardest things. You are mm-hmm. a supervisor. I am about to be, a, I'm hiring right now. So I'm about to be a supervisor. And I, I'm, I'm like, oh man, I hope I can lead this person. I don't know. You know, I'm, I know you lead an entire team. So talk to us about your tips about leading from a distance. What does that look like? And what are best practices? Um, it, it, it's, it, I think is a lot of it is going back to just a leadership model. Who are you and what do you follow? And I say authentic leadership because it does encompass a lot of the other transactional, transformational, you just kind of fit it. But to answer your question on what it looks like, it's a lot of communication. Um, I currently have 11 folks on my staff on five campuses. And with the good thing about COVID is the folks on the other campus, when they used to have to come on for our staff meetings, we do teams now. Well, I'm able to communicate with them more um, because they can see me if they need to. I just don't physically go to them. So to answer your question is it takes a lot of communication. It takes a lot of patience because uh, every something that may be obvious to you won't be obvious to that person because you can't see them and you don't get that body language. But um, as far as passing information, you have to over communicate. As far as giving information, that's for training. Um, I, I get my folks to do a lot of, uh, we call it skill soft training, but we have training portals um, at the school. So I kind of go through and identify things that we need. Um, we did, and I, I never thought I could do this when I first got here, like team building had to be touching people. No, you can actually do team building using your computer. Um, and it works because you get, again, input from folks. We've done... Um, Myers-Briggs training um, to, for team building on here, just the communication style. So I would, I recommend that um, for in-person teams and virtual, because as a leader, you want to know how people want to be communicated to. So that's what the Myers-Briggs uh, will show you, their specific communication style. We did um, the uh, energy bus. I had never heard of that, but one of, one of my folks brought me because I read books. Hey, read this book. And it was about uh, the 10 rules of being on our bus. And one of the signs, one of the rules is no energy vampires allowed. So that's the only rule from that book. I have it plastered on my wall. And I had it over here, but 
the energy vampires weren't reading it. So I put it on the <laughs> other side of the wall at the chair that they have to sit in. So when they start draining my energy, like, hey, right there. So, um, and that's the true, I, it's in my office. I'll take a picture and send it to you tomorrow. But over communicate, you can do your team building, ask them how they're doing, ask them what they need. Um, and don't be afraid to kind of let them turn the computer off. Um, I don't check up on folks and I could, hey, log in, but um, I don't do a, I, I know some people who do uh, like, you gotta do a Google doc and tell me when you came in. I don't do that. I wouldn't want anybody doing that to me. And if I got to do that, I don't need you. Um, I think people appreciate that. So it's a lot of different things, but you kind of go by feel and how those people react to you and, and how you need to treat them. Not everybody gets treated the same, just like, you know, in person, but it's a lot of communication. It's a lot of work. I, I will tell you, I'm, I'm probably more exhausted with the remoteness of the team. Uh, on the main campus where I'm at, all of my folks are back in the office fingers crossed, but I still have the other branch campuses and I give them leadership on the computer and it seems to work and I'm not afraid to pick up the phone when I need to and they seem to like conversations that way as well. So I do talk to them about things other than business. So I don't always need something from, hey, how are you doing? What are you doing this weekend? They like to hear about my running as well. So I kind of, you know, share different things, but just over communicate seems to be working. Uh, something jumped out at me just now when you were when you were given that response. Um, and it's something that I don't do. And I actually think I'm going to I am going to incorporate like usually when I check in, it's like, hey, how are you doing? But the second part to that, what you said is, what do you need? Mm. I don't never ask anybody what they need because I already think I know what they need and I'm going to share that with them. And, now, and I, it goes back, you know, with the leadership of, of just and it's one of the aspects is relational transparency. So, yeah, I'm the supervisor. Everybody understands that. But I don't always have to ask you for stuff. And again, we don't have to be friends or go out to drink, which I don't do with people that work with me. But I do talk to them about stuff other than work. Hey, what's going on? Hey, did you get your boat fixed? And I, I think. Sometimes in this environment, we always on the rush to get things done where we, we think it's all business. It doesn't have to be. Um, but if if you show that caring about them as a person, they'll do more for you. But if you only talk to them when you need stuff, they're going to shut down at some point or only give you what you ask for. So, yeah, don't forget the, 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 the human side. It changed that though and working like on a computer because you want to jump on well I'm not going to speak for everyone I'm going to speak for me and and I'm adapting and adjusting and I'm a lot better at it now but I used to want to jump on and I'm like all right hey things are shifting we have to you know pivot and I'm like hey this is what we need to do this is how we need to adjust and then I'm like all right anybody got any questions okay bye and but you know I think another approach is exactly what you said hey how's everyone doing today Tell me, what do you need from me so that you can, you know, do your job better? And then obviously that personal side to it as well um, always helps. So mm -hmm. I tell you, COVID computer, like you just want to jump on and get it done <laughs> so you can jump back off. Yeah, it, it is. But, you know, I, I again, I do a lot of reading. And one of the guys I follow, um, <clears throat> Rick uh, Goodman, he's a consultant, he's a speaker. And I, I read an article that he put out and I'll, I'll tell you, try this. Before you jump in and start talking, 
ask your team individually, what did you do? What did, what did you do to win today? What win did you have? And let them talk. You, you would be amazed. Your, your, your meetings are going to go a lot better because now you get to let them tell you what they did and they're proud of. And, you know, you can still get the work, but slow, you know, I would say slow down. And <laughs> not every time you have to hit them with work, especially because it is a lot of pressure with COVID. A lot of people you have family issues. You got health issues. Let them talk about something they're proud of. Let them talk about a win. Mm. And they'll tell you everything. And then you bought yourself another month of good work. <laughs> <laughs> Noted. It's true. Yeah. Check. <laughs> Noted. Um, I want to transition again. And, you know, we are, we as in like the United States of America, we are just in this period of uh, social and racial unrest. Um, and so I'm curious from your standpoint, both as a black man and as a leader, how are you um, handling and or addressing social and racial unrest in our country? I thank you. Um... I'm hesitating a little bit and I kind of, I write about it. I didn't, I didn't think I would get into, um, I, I was hoping it wasn't going to be this bad, but I didn't think I would, I would have a voice or anything to say. Um, but what I do is, is I, I, I do write about it now. Um, when I first started the blog, it was just, Hey, I'm going to have fun. It's like, wait a minute. I have a voice now and I got a, somewhat of an audience. Uh, I may need to say something. Um, I really knew I needed to say something when um, I, I have friends all over and uh, I have, again, all over, but I had friends text me like, hey, I heard you say this before, but I didn't really know it was that bad. And what the issue was is when, when we saw George George Floyd, I got texts and it was like, hey, how can I be an ally? It's like, well, I've been waiting for you to do this, but it took that. So I don't hold that against my people because I love them to death. But now I got to think like, what can I do? And I was like, I don't know. So I, I started writing and I started researching. So them asking me what they should do or what they can do made me smarter. So I started researching pretty much stuff that was currently happening. I had to voice it. Um, I'll go ahead and say I put America on trial twice in my blog and it's still guilty, guilty, guilty. Um, I don't necessarily know when it's going to be not guilty uh, because it's been like this for years, but I went back and did research. Uh, I've been to Rosewood. It wasn't that significant then, but now it's like, okay, this is nothing but another Rosewood. Uh, the Tulsa, uh, I got introduced to uh, Black Wall Street at FSU. Um, BSU invited me to do a speaking opportunity and if the, their thing was let's make recreate Black Wall Street I didn't even know what it was I'm like I'm here to talk to y'all y'all telling me so I had to get smart so with everything that's going on uh, I write about it now I'm not afraid to uh, voice my opinion I'm not necessarily know if I would I was just hesitant to talk but I think with everything that's happening I got friends texting me so I'm I'm I'm, I'm their teacher so a lot of things that I write about is to make sure my friends are comfortable because they were worried about me and, you know, I'm not anywhere close to that, but again, I am a black man and anything can happen. Um, I've got an article. I, I wrote, write a lot of stuff. I got an article that comes out of that shows why I dress the way I dress when I go running. Mm -hmm. I pretty much look like a neon Christmas tree. It's on purpose because I don't want anybody to see me running through the neighborhood and not realize 
oh, he's actually exercising. I don't, I don't need any confusion. Uh, my outfits don't match, but they're really loud. I got orange and yellow, but I got a headband. That, that's on purpose. Uh, to answer your question, um, I make sure I'm noticed uh, where I'm at. I've, I have a light on me. I wave at everyone because I don't want to be that menacing black guy running through their neighborhood. And I do that on purpose. It's exhausting, but I, re I rather do that than to have some issues. Um, but I don't, I don't push it at work as much. And what I'm saying is I, I after uh, the marches over the summer after George Floyd, I went to work and said, hey, what are we going to say? And I think my folks were hesitant. They weren't going to say anything. I was like, nope, we're going to say something. You got to put a statement out. You have to do something. And it took a while, but it came out. And I was like, okay, I don't care if you felt forced to do it. You had to do it because if you can't do that, then I can't be here. Um, so I'm that comfortable in, in life. And again, I know everybody's not where I can kind of pick and choose, but I needed something to be said. And I think with the unrest that came out is, it gave me a voice that I didn't really know I had or, or, or wanted, but it's needed, not just for me, but for my family and my friends. And, you know, I, I get comments from folks in, um, in in different countries and they're like, hey, man, keep to keep doing it. So um, I, I would like to stop writing about social unrest, but the more it happens, the more I'm going to write. So um, I have a voice now. Oh, good for you. Yeah. And that actually reminded me, we were just the other week, we took, we we're like, all right, we got to take a break from work because we've been working all day in front of computers. And so we went to just check out, we like to check out construction, mm -hmm. like subdivisions under construction. And so there was one really close to us. So mm -hmm. we hopped in the car, took the five minute drive over and we're walking around. And I don't remember what it was that you said, but you said, I'm not doing that in here. This isn't a mod arbory situation. Oh, and I you, was like, you want, I'll tell you what she said. I can't Calvin. remember what it is. <laughs> because I remember. Okay. She said, hey, this house right here, they don't have everything up. Oh, Let's just go walk in and look at the floor plan. She asked me to walk into a house under construction, it was under construction. to look at a floor plan See? And, and a subdivision that and they this, were building. He texts me and I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, like, hello, privilege, right? And so yeah. we have to check. He's got the check on me. But that it, it reminded me of that, of like, there is definitely clear and present danger, you know? And, and so I'm glad that you shared that. I think that it's been um, both a very difficult year of reckoning and unrest. And at the same time, I think that there is also more education like you said you're writing about it in your blog and that is I read a couple of the articles that you had on like yes <laughs> writing you know and there's more education happening and and I think that I just applaud you for writing about it I would say the thank you the the I guess let me I'll come down a level the really sad part about it is I can write something every day um which is which is really sad, but it's it's if it's if it's what's needed, then I'll keep doing it. Um, and you know, ho hopefully we can slow it down. But you know, something pops up. I I have a voice, and um, I I say I I have like a, a library of articles. So I write articles. So some of the stuff that you may read two weeks from now, I wrote in September. 
but when something happens that's urgent, I move it up. So I, I can stay current. I, I had to I had to show patience because after January six happened, I, I I told my guy at work, like I said, I only I only have one male that in my office. When I say the guy, it's a it's same guy. Um, he said, "Hey, you gonna write about that doc?" I said, "Man, I'm trying not to." And he kept, "Hey, man, you gotta write it." And he's a white man, and, and he's like, "You you gotta write it." So this was like Wednesday, Thursday. He badgered me on Saturday. I wrote it, mm-hmm. and you know I went and drafted it up, but. Um, you know, if, if something is that heavy on my heart, I'll move it up in the rotation. Um, if not, I'll just kind of let it fall back where it's supposed to fall back. But we'll see. If I if you see something current, then I had to write it again. So we'll see how it shakes out. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. This conversation has been great. I, I feel know. like we could just keep talking. Could, talking. I have so many questions. <laughs> we could keep talking all that, but we won't. <laughs> no, what we'll do is we'll have to bring them back for the, yeah, another episode. Yeah, your game. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I I take a lot of pride because one of my guys in Orlando, I'm 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 his only three time repeater. So hey, I'm I'm. Oh, <laughs> <hang on. laughs> I've got another one. I did uh, intern pursuits. She may she's coming out. I'm, I've been on hers three or four times. I should be coming out with her in a couple of weeks. So uh, I get asked back. So I don't know why. Y'all don't know what what I'm doing. <laughs> Good. So what we're gonna do to wrap up is to give you an opportunity to share or express any parting words, and then also tell everyone where they can find you, um, give them your blog information. Um, if you're on social media, um, share that action with them. So any parting words and where and how people can find you? Um, I would say my parting words, uh, I, I like to quote Colin Powell. And um, again, one of, one of his favorite things is don't put your ego so close to your position that when your position goes, your ego goes with it. So it ain't personal, it's business sometimes. Um, and that's how I look at a, a lot of things in life. Um, if, if it didn't kill you, you can recover from it. Um, I, I would say proudly, I, I'm probably the only community college flunky, dropout, whatever you want to call me, that has a PhD. And I'm, I'm proud of that fact. Um, I, I guess that's my parting shot. Um, you can be whatever you want to be. If you think it, you can get it done. And I'm from such a small town that I, I'm not smart enough to realize there was no was an option. I just kept doing. Nobody ever told me no. And I, it's always helped me kind of get where I want to go. So I, I can dream big and think big. Um, and it kind of it helps me out. So I, I live a life like I want to live it. I walk into the future every day. Um, so to answer your question, I am at Altogether, walkintothefuture.blog. Um, I post every Thursday, and I don't even know if you notice this. It's at 11.08 a.m. every time. That's on purpose. You probably didn't notice that, but I'm going to go ahead. <laughs> I, get the, I get the alerts. I get all the alerts. I'm going to go back and see. It's, it's consistent. I'm a, I'm a Virgo. I have to do everything at the same time. Um, on LinkedIn is probably the, the, the best way to find me. I am Calvin Williams. Um, I'm sure there are other ones, but it's L underscore Calvin Williams on LinkedIn. Um, I put a lot of stuff out there. I like a lot of stuff. I do write my own. I, I write articles there. I do a lot of posts. Um, that's per, that's my personal stuff. And also with school, I'm on Instagram. I'm not on Facebook. 
Um, I will tell you, if, if you like running tours, pictures, or beat pictures, I am L underscore Calvin Williams on Instagram. Um, a lot of the things you'll see, is, um, I take a lot of sunset pictures, uh, a lot of beach pictures, and when I travel, I do. And um, I, I have a new camera. I just got to break it in. I actually have a zoom lens. So I can get even better uh, pictures. I need to just break that in and get away from my phone, but no Facebook for me. I'm not on Twitter. Um, my blog, Instagram, LinkedIn. Um, and then if you guys can, you can give them my, my email if anybody's looking for me, but LinkedIn is probably the easiest way to connect with me. If you're looking for a speaker, um, I can do that either through Zoom or I'm, I'm, I'm able to travel. I'm hoping to get back down to the tribe and do some more leadership uh, training with them very soon. Awesome. We appreciate it. And everything that um, he just mentioned, if you look down in our show notes, it's all down there so that you don't have to search. You can literally just click the link and hit subscribe or hit follow. Um, so if, if you heard all of those and you couldn't jot them down, just go to the show notes and click the link. Yep. Well, this has been awesome. Amazing. Yeah, we're gonna have to schedule and get you back so that we can continue this conversation. Yeah, that's not a problem. I told you, I, I got you covered. Whenever you need me, I, I'm there. I, I told you that from day one. Um, I don't agree with everything you say, and I told you that from day one. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, we we all need people like that in our mm -hmm. lives, and. and like I said, for people who are like me, you know, take that chance and, and reach out mm -hmm. and get yourself a mentor because um, it is beneficial and it definitely helps. So, yeah. All right. Well, until the next time. Bye. Peace. Thank you. All right. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Success in Black and White, the podcast. The podcast. Music podcast. engineered and produced by DJ Vance. Remember that you can join our email list at successinblackandwhite.com for more ways on how you can help bridge the gap between racial boundaries. I'm April. And I'm Daryl. We're, We're out. out.